This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. When I was growing up, one of my favorite things in the world was this, Legos. Can I get an amen for Legos, okay? Loved me some Legos, okay? Now, there's three things that I loved about Legos, two things that I hated about Legos, okay? First thing that I loved was the box, okay? The box was just like this cool, like, vision of, like, man, I can make that. I could, like, put that together, you know what I mean? And, like, they always, like, perfectly, you know, put some, you know, right aesthetics around it, and you're just, like, you know, enthralled by the box, okay? So I loved the box, all right? The second thing that I loved was this, is that it came with an instruction manual, okay? All right? So for me, I wasn't interested in doing other things with the Legos. I know some of you are like creative, like super genius type people, and you see a bunch of different Legos, and you're like, oh, let's make this, you know, this house. No, no. I'm like, no, we are making the truck in Jesus' name, okay? We are making this. And I love the instruction manual that gave me step-by-step instructions on how to make this, you know, project come together, okay? The third thing that I loved was this, was the finished product. It was just fun to see it, like, all come together, and then you'd, like, just stand there in victory, you know what I mean? In your 10-year-old self, you know, you're like, yeah, I made that, you know what I mean? You're like, you bring your friends over, you display your, you know, your Lego sets, and you're like, listen, if you lay one finger on one of these Lego sets, your life is done, okay? Listen, it was like, it was a victory, okay? Now, those two things that I hated about Legos, the first thing was this, was stepping on a Lego, okay? Listen, if you have not called out to Jesus lately, step on a Lego and you will call out on the name of Jesus very quickly. I promise that, all right? The second thing that I hated was this. Can you throw up that picture? This is... Herb, you got it? Yes, yes. This is Herb, okay? Everybody, this is my cousin, my brother, Herb, okay? He is king of all nerds, okay? All right, I promise you that, okay? Listen, if Herb's watching me live right now, he would agree with you, okay? He is 44. He still lives with my aunt and uncle, okay? If you go down into his dungeon, it is a dungeon, It is a layer, okay? You will find Lego sets. You will find swords. You will find lightsabers, okay? He is king of all nerds, okay? Now, in being king of all nerds, he believed as the oldest in the family that our Legos were his Legos, okay? And he was obviously much larger than me, okay? And so when you're nine or 10 years old, you have to surrender your Legos to Herb, okay? And I love Herb, okay? Let's just all get this clear, okay? I love, love my family, all right? Love Herb, okay? But I didn't enjoy that, okay? Now you're like, what in the world does Legos have to do with God, okay? It has a lot to do with God, okay? Because I believe this. That just like the box, God wants to give us what? A vision, right? He wants to give us a vision for our life. 
that we have to be able to see something that God has for us that we can ascend and achieve to become. Amen? That the Word of God reveals to us a vision, a bigger picture for our life. The second thing is this, that God gives us the Word of God. What is the Word of God? It's the instruction manual, right? Just like they give us this instruction manual, God gives us an instruction manual for life. Why do you think the enemy hates when you read it? Why do you think he fights you so hard to get into the Word of God? Because he doesn't want you to know God's instruction manual for your life. Because the instruction manual leads to what? The very end. Victory. You get to the end of the instruction manual, and you're like, wow, I can't believe this was built. It's the same way with God. God gives us a vision for our life. We read the instruction manual. Six months, 12 months, a couple years later, we look at our life and go, wow, how did this happen? It brought me victory. So I believe that in 2020, that this is a moment that God wants to take you into victory, okay? Listen, I don't know if you've been in church a long time or you haven't been in church a long time. I don't know where you're at with God. None of that matters. All that matters is your willingness to go, I will give God a chance in 2020. Like a real chance. Not a religious chance. Not a Sunday to Sunday chance. Not a, not, okay, let's just be honest. Not even Sunday to Sunday, okay? I mean, like, the reality is most people in America go to church like two times a month or maybe one time a month. Listen, I'm talking about a real opportunity for God to speak into our lives, show us a vision, give us instruction, and then for God to lead us into his victory. The thing about his victory is this. You can't take credit for it, right? It's not about you. You can't take credit for it. It's his victory. So I believe no matter if you're new to church, if you've grown up in church, if you've been far away from church, if you got some salt and pepper on you from church, okay, doesn't matter what season of life we're in, I believe in the next few months as we learn, as we learn the word of God, as we go into the Easter season, okay, I believe that God is going to bring us into a season of victory. Amen? Do you believe it? Yeah? Yeah, maybe? Kind of? Sort of? Hopefully? I don't know. Ah, there we go. We got one hallelujah. <laughs> Here we go. Luke chapter 15, okay? Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, it's okay. We'll have it on the screen. You can pull out your Bible app if you want, or you can pull out a Bible. Please, if you want, please bring Bibles. Please bring things to uh, write notes on. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it says this. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The youngest son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your inheritance that belongs to me. So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterwards, the younger son packed up all of his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed off to far lands where he wasted all that was given to him in being extravagant and in reckless living. Okay? few things we need to understand about this story. First thing is this. We have to put ourselves into the story. 
okay? Anytime we read the Word of God, we can't read the Word of God like it's just a book, okay? It's not just a book to read, okay? It's not just some novel, okay? You have to read the Word of God and go, you know what? I'm going to see myself a part of this story, okay? The second thing we need to see is this. The story is a Jewish father and a Jewish son. But how do we translate it today? The story is this, God our Father and us. Does this make sense? Okay, so we have God the Father, which is our Father, and then we have us with him, okay? We see this, that God the Father has an estate, okay? I don't know about you, but I think estates are pretty cool, okay? You know what I mean? Like, if I had somebody in my family that had an estate, okay, I don't know what your view of an estate is, but I think of like rolling hills, you know what I mean? And I think of big mansions and what's inside of that big mansion and what cars are in the garage, you know what I mean? And I think about this, okay? So an estate means that God the Father has what? Good things, right? And as God the Father, as any good father, he wants to give what? His children Good things. You have to understand that God is a father who loves to bless his kids. God is a father who loves to treat his children good. Okay? He is not a mean, angry, frustrated at you, God, that is looking to watch you fail at all. He's a father that is deeply in love with you. And so this father, our father, God the Father, has an estate that he wants to bless us. But we see what? That the father's timeline and the son's timeline are two different timelines. Correct? See, there's sometimes that we are outside of God's timelines. And what happens? Just like the sun, we can't handle it, right? It's not a matter that the father didn't want to bless the son. And let's make this clear. The son was blessed, right? He lived in the estate. It's not like he lived in the small pool house or something. You know what I mean? Like he lived in the estate. He had everything that his father had, meaning what? He had good things, now, God the Father had more good things for him and for us, but it's in God's timing and in his timelines. You got to understand, he couldn't understand this. He couldn't control when or how he was going to get his money, right? This is a picture of us. God, when are you going to do this? God, how are you going to do this? God, I don't understand your timing, God. In Middle Eastern culture, this would have been a great offense. The son is basically saying to his father, he's saying this, I wish you were dead, right? Because that's when he would have gotten his inheritance. So he's saying to his father, what? He's saying to his father, I want control of my life. I think I know what's 
best for my life. And I have my plans, and I want you to bless what I want to control. Woo! First sermon of the year up in here. Y'all ain't ready for it, are you? Is this what we do with God? Hey, God, I'm here, and here is my plans, and here are my wishes, and this is what I want to control, and I want you to just bless it all. Right? Bless my lust. Bless my messed up relationships. Bless my, you know, marriage that's based on feelings. God, bless what I want to do. And then when God doesn't bless what we want to do, we're like, oh, God, I can't trust you. You didn't give me what I wanted. This is what the son is saying to the father. I don't like what you have for me. So I want to take control. Listen, when we can't control God and understand his timelines, we do what? We run. Right? This is what the son does. He gets his money, packs his bags, and he does what? He runs as far away from God as he can. Now, I understand this. Listen, when, oh gosh. For you that don't know me, my dad left when I was three. I grew up my grandparents. My grandpa passed away on my 11th birthday. My grandma passed away a year and a half later. So when you're 12... I mean, you could be any age, but I was 12, and I didn't understand what God was doing, right? I didn't understand. And so what did I do? I just ran. I don't understand you, God. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand everything. And this happens all the time in our lives. We run. And what do we do? We run to things that we can control and we are confident in, right? So I run to the things that I feel like I can control. So like for me, like when I, to this day, when I get frustrated with things with God that I don't understand, like I don't understand, like why is this happening, God? Or how is How's your timeline working out? When I don't understand it, what do I do? I run to things that I can control and make sense. So I run to things like sports, right? Like, I love sometimes, like, in those moments, it's the wrong thing, but I do it. I'll just, like, run to a basketball court. Why? Because I understand basketball. I understand the premise of basketball. I understand, like, it's something I can control. We run to things that make us feel good. This is why it's scary because we're running to things like social media, right? When we're, think about this. You run to social media when you're tired, when you're stressed, when things don't make sense. Because I think there's this false sense that we can control things in social media, right? Like, I feel like I can troll some people, you know what I mean, (laughs) in social media. I can kind of say what I want to say without, you know, saying it to their face. Or I can kind of have my my own opinions and agendas and thoughts without them knowing. And so we run to things. We run to things that we can control. But here's the deal. God wants us to learn how to do what? Walk 
in faith and trust in him. Okay? That's why we're all here today. God loves you, and in his love, he goes, I want you to learn. Because let's make this clear. It is a process, a process that I'm still on, a process that I will be on this journey until I see Jesus face to face someday, right? I'm in this process of continually learning how to trust and walk in faith. And faith, remember what faith is. Faith is the substance of things unseen, right? It says it's the assurance, the hope of things that we are hoping for. That means it hasn't come, it hasn't happened. And this is what God wants us to learn how to trust him. So we have to stop, okay? We have to stop and go, God, I will trust you. I'll learn how to forgive. I'll learn how to love people I don't want to love. Anybody got some people you don't want to love? Okay. A bunch of you are lying right now, and God is watching you, okay? I'm going to learn how to sacrifice. I'm not going to run from things that I don't understand, because this is what happens, okay? I'm going to give you the timeline. Especially, especially in church. We run back to church around Christmas and New Year. Okay? We feel God's love. We feel God's grace. We feel him moving in our lives. And then a few weeks down the road, we really feel God sensing and pulling and tugging on us to kind of change some things, to do some things, to walk in faith. And what do we do? We run. We run because we're like, that doesn't make sense. It's not comfortable. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to love that way. I don't want to walk in grace in that way. So this is a year that we have to make choices to what? Stop running, right? Stop running away from God and start running to God. Start running to him for the answers of our life, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. What is all this? All of this is your life, your life that God can accomplish great things inside of your life. It says this, uh, that he will uh, infinitely more than your greatest requests, uh, sorry, I got off there. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dreams, and exceed your wildest imaginations. He will outdo all, outdo all. I love that. I have wild imaginations, okay? I'm a huge daydreamer, okay? Any daydreamers in the house? Okay? I mean, I could, like, sit outside in the sun and just dream, okay? I love it, love it. I have some wild thoughts, but the Bible says that God's plans are greater than my thoughts and your thoughts than your hopes and your dreams, and I know that we all have huge hopes and dreams for our lives and our families, okay? So let's learn today from the Word of God on how to trust God, okay? Go with me, Matthew chapter 7, okay? Matthew chapter 7, okay? And I want to preface that I am reading out of the Passion Translation. So if you have a different Bible, you might not be word for word with me, but it's okay. We're going to be all right. It's going to line up, okay? Verse 21, it says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter 
into the realm of heaven's kingdom. We got to stop there, okay? Because we have to make this abundantly clear, okay? And again, you might have grown up in different churches and different backgrounds, but for me and for Elevate Church, I am not a believer of once saved, always saved. I do not believe, and I've said one prayer in my life, and now I am good, and I can do whatever I want in my life and not follow Jesus, and I will see Jesus someday. I do not believe that, okay? I believe in a relationship with Jesus, and we're going to get into this, okay? It is only those who persist in doing the will of the Heavenly Father, verse 22, On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? I like that wording, remember us, meaning at one place and one time in their life, they knew the Lord and the Lord knew them, okay? Verse 23, but I will say to them, go away, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you, never been joined to you, okay? What is the word talking about? The word's talking about relationship, okay? So uh, last week during New Year's, did everybody have a good New Year's? Yeah? Me and Jess had a great New Year's. Uh, We got blessed uh, with an opportunity to go to Chicago for a couple days. It was awesome. Uh, It was good to just get away. And and we were downtown. And uh, for any of you that know my wife, you know that she has a heart and a passion and a love for plants, okay? My house is full of plants. Uh, show the first one, okay? This is, this is one of our big plants at our house, okay? It's as big as a tree, and it's going to take over our home someday, okay? I, I promise you, it's going to grow and take my children hostage, okay? All right? Uh, she loves plants, Okay, so we're on this trip, and, um, you know, we both have different things that we want to go and do and see. And so she wants to go to, like, plant stores. So we go to a store called, uh, is it Plant Store Chicago? What's that, what is it called? Plant Shop Chicago. We're, we're, like, finding, like, little niche plant shops in Chicago, in the deep of Chicago, Okay. We're going to these little places, and, and then we didn't really find anything that she wanted, and so uh, we were up in the Schaumburg area, and she's like, you know, I heard that, like, sometimes Lowe's or Home Depot, you know, have cool things, and so we go to, uh, we go to Ikea, we go to Home Depot, we end up, like, going to a Lowe's, and I'm just, like, at this point, I'm just kind of tired in the day, and so, like, I'm just like, you go in, and so I'm just, like, out in the car. You know that, like, when it's cold outside, but the car is really hot? You know what I mean? I just put the seat back, and I was like, you know what I mean? Just like out. I'm like, somebody could rob me. Who cares? You know what I mean? And I'm just out, okay? And so Jess, she's in Lowe's, and she calls my phone, and she's like, Jeff, you got to get in here, and you got to help me. You know what I mean? And instantly, instantly, it didn't take me, like, you know, like, there's, like, small plants, and then there's, like, big plants. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like a, no, this is a small plant. I'm like, this is a tree. This is another tree. We're going to buy a tree right now. You know what I mean? Like, in my head, okay? And sure enough, we walk in, and I go, go to the next picture, okay? And there it is. It is another tree. What is it called, Jess? A what? 
<laughs> you can't even say it. Fiddle. It's a fiddle, okay? And so I walk in. All right, next picture, okay? All right? And it is this huge fiddle, okay? All right? All right, now we have a minivan. So my first thought is, how are we going to stuff this thing into the minivan, you know? But then my real thought is this. How am I going to valet later tonight at our hotel in downtown Chicago? You know what I mean? So later that night, we drive up. You know what I mean? It's all valet. I drive up, and I pop the trunk, and the guy's like, can I get your bags? I'm like, it's a tree. You know what I mean? He's like, and he's kind of looked at me. I'm like, no, I promise you, it's a real tree, okay? And so I, like, pull out this massive tree, and we are walking into the hotel, downtown Chicago, with this massive tree, and they're all, like, kind of looking at us, like, what is happening right now? And we're like, can you store this tree for us so it doesn't die in our car, you know? Where am I going with this? I'm, yeah, I know, you're like, what happened? We're like, we took a hard right, okay? Where I'm going with this is this. Because I'm in relationship with my wife and we know each other, as soon as she called, I knew what it was. Right? And because I'm in relationship with her, I did something I did not want to do in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen from all the men in the house, okay? No man wants to drive up to valet with a massive tree in their car, okay? And check a tree, okay? But I checked in a tree in Jesus' name. Amen? Why? Because I'm in relationship. And I love my wife, and she loves me, correct? So this is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about relationship. He's like, I want relationship with you. I want you to know me. I want you to know who I am. I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. And in relationship, you make sacrifices. In relationship, you get to know one another. This is why we went to Chicago, because I'm in relationship. And let me say to this, to all the men in the house, don't stop dating your wife. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. Listen, it's, I know it's time, I know it's energy, I know it's money, but it pays off. Amen? Amen. Amen. Preach it, Pastor Jeff. That's a good word, right? Don't stop. Verse 24 says this. Anyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life will be compared to a man who built his house on an unshapable foundation. Verse 25, when the rains fell and the floodwaters came, a fierce wind was beating upon the house. It stood firm because it was on a strong foundation. Verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. When it rained and it rained and the floods came and the wind and the waves beat upon the house, it collapsed and it was swept away. Okay, so the first thing we got to understand is this. The word of God is the foundation of our life and it gives us vision for our life right? The Word of God is foundation for our life, okay? And it gives us vision for things like what? Forgiveness, generosity, loving people well, selflessness, being kind, self-control, faithful, right? Every one of these words that I just spoke, if somebody said this about you, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's awesome, right? 
There's not anybody in here that wouldn't want these words said about you. And this is what the word of God is trying to pull you to. Give you a vision that you could be faithful, that you could have self-control, that you could be a person who forgives, that you could be selfless, that you could be a loving person. This is what the Lord wants for us. The second thing we learn in this chapter is this, is that when you build your life upon God, you become wise. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be wise. I don't know if you've noticed this in life yet. Maybe you haven't. But wise people are super blessed people. Like they're super blessed in everything that they do. I can tell you this. Overly emotional people are not super blessed people. Right? They might have blessing in a couple areas of life, but I'm talking about overall blessing in all the areas of their life. Listen, I promise you, look, I love Bill and Etta because they are a picture for me for my future. They've built their life upon the word of God. They've trusted the Lord and they are super blessed because they are super wise people. Can I get an amen? So that's what I want someday. I want my relationships blessed. I want whatever I put my hand to blessed. I want everything blessed and I want to have wisdom. Why? Because I've built my life upon God. The third thing we see is this. It said this, that foolish people build their life on sand. Meaning what? Free will. I do what I want. Remember the father? Why did the father give the son the money? Why? Because God loves free will. God is the author of free will. God isn't interested in you serving him because you have to. God's interested in you choosing him above something else. Why is there a tree in the Garden of Eden? Because God wanted them to choose him above the tree. Listen, temptation's okay. It's okay. I learned to deny temptation so I can seek after what God has for me. Amen? So it says that, They built their life on sand, meaning this. God said, yeah, you can build a life on sand if you want. Okay? Matt, will you help me? We get that stuff over here for me. Listen, so what is sand? If you got a a phone, write these things down or a notebook, write these things. What is sand? Okay? Sand is this. Anger, bitterness. Yeah, that, um, that and then that tank right there. Okay? Anger, bitterness. Uh, social media, yep, and then just put, yeah, here we go, just stand right there, all right, social media, comparing, financial debt, your achievements, about when you're going to get married, your, you know, achievements, promotions in life, hoping that we elect the right person, you know, so that we can live prosperous, Your marriage is built on feelings, lust, living by your emotions. These are all sand, right? These are all sand issues, okay? So God says what? You can build a foundation, if you want, of what? Sand, right? Put that over there. He says you can build a foundation on sand. So we got some sand, you know what I mean, and and so what, what do we do in life, okay? Well, 
we got our little family here, you know what I mean? We got a little mommy and a little daddy. This guy's pretty cool. He's got a, he's got a plaid shirt on. He's got a beard, you know what I mean? He's looking real manly, you know what I mean? He's like, what's up, girl? How you doing? You know what I mean? And so, you know, we find somebody, and you're like, what has happened, you know? And we find somebody, and we get married, you know what I mean? And then we got to have Johnny, you know what I mean? We got to have Johnny and Susie and Sally. And so, and so we start a life, you know what I mean? But we start our life on, oh, look, he's having have a hard time standing right now, you know? We start our life. It's built on what? Emotions. Yeah? Ask me how I know. Had a messed up marriage for a long time. Why? It's all built on emotions. All built on feelings. Right? So we have these moments in our life that we start building stuff, and it's not a firm foundation, it's sand, and so we have a husband and wife, and, and we're excited about life, and, you know, and, and, and what, do we, what do we need? You know, we start building our life. We're like, well, you know, we, we, need, we need some vacation time, and, and we need a, a brand new truck, right? Who doesn't want a new truck? I do. I want an F-150 so bad, Okay. Like a four-door F-150. I want it like jacked up. I wanna like, I wanna feel like if I wanna run this car over, I could. You know what I mean? Like if I really got mad, I could just run this car over. Okay. So, you know, what do we do? We we buy a new truck, right? For like sixty thousand dollars. Sixty thousand dollars that what we don't have and we don't possess. But what are we saying? I want it now, God. I want it now. I rolled up this morning. I got a 2009 Honda Pilot. The other day, (laughs) I was at Kroger. I got a click list stuff. The guys put the stuff into the back of my car. They shut the back door of my car, and I hear this, just like this, you know what I mean? And the guy comes around, and he goes, sir, this fell off of your car, you know what I mean? It's the thing that says pilot on it, you know? And I'm like, ah, oh, it's good. You know why it's good? Because it's paid off. Can I get an amen? There's no payment, and it runs like a champ. In Jesus' name. And I'm going to give it to this schmuck someday. And it's, it's going to be his car someday. You know what I mean? Amen? But we get, we get that loan. We get that money. We go buy that car. You know what I mean? And we're just building a life, a little nice life on sand here. You know? And then from there, what do we do? We're like, man, we got to take some trips to the lake, and so I need what? I need a Winnebago, you know what I mean? I don't like a Winnebago. No, I need a Winnebago, okay? And you know what I love about this Winnebago? This is like the Ferrari edition. This is the Lambo door edition, you know what I mean? Like the side opens up. We don't got to go through a door. We go to the side entry, you know what I mean? And we got we got a satellite. We got some drag TV up in this Winnebago, you know what I mean? Like 
we got us a Winnebago. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, how much does a Winnebago even cost? I think it costs as much as a house, to be honest with you, okay? And so, yeah, Ryan Wonderly is giving me the yes. Yes, you are correct. Thank you, Ryan Wonderly, Mr. Numbers, yes. And so what do we do? We are building, oh gosh, oh, don't crush them. We are building a life on what? Sand. And what does the word say when we build our life on sand? That someday the storm is going to come, right? That someday it's going to get real windy up in here, you know what I mean? And the sand is going to start, oh gosh, that hit me in the eye, okay? And it's going to get windy up in there, okay? Can you come, you're my wind man. Here, give us your best wind sound. Oh, I need a little bit more than that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Listen, and then what does the Lord say? He says, what? The rain's going to come, right? The flood is, oh gosh, we can't electrocute ourselves, okay? We're not dying on stage today, right? And the flood waters rise up. Oh my gosh, they're swimming. They're drowning right now. You know, like the cars flipped over. And the rains come, okay? And then you know what happens? I don't know if you can see it. It says, life happens, right? This is my life happens stick, okay? And then life happens, right? Amen. They're dead. Matt said they're dead. Rest in peace. So it got side entry, I guess. Right? And what happened? You built your life on sand. You're wondering, like, why is my marriage so messed up? Why are my kids messed up? Why are our finances messed up? Why we just built our life on sand? What we really needed was this. Anybody who's ever built Legos knows you need, you need this. What is it? Foundation. A firm foundation. Right? So is the question this, is God mad at you? No, not at all. He's so happy you're here today. He is so happy you're here today. Because he goes, guess what? We can just start all over. And we can build on a firm foundation. We can build on me, right? Wes, you can come on up. Psalms 37, verse 1 through 5 says this. Don't follow after the wicked ones or be jealous of their wealth. Don't think for a moment that they're better off than you. They and their short-lived success will soon shrivel up and quickly fade away like grass clippings in the hot sun. Verse 3. Keep trusting the Lord 
and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God. My heart has to be fixed on what? God's word, his promises. Why are we doing a Bible reading plan? So that you can know his promises, so you can know his word, so you can know who he is, and that you can fix your heart on him daily. Each day you can go, I'm going to fix my heart on the Lord, the promises of God. And you will be what? What does the word say? Secure. Feasting in his faithfulness. Verse 4, God, make God the ultimate delight and pleasure of your life. And he will provide what you need and what you desire most. Verse 5, give God the right to direct your life as you trust him along the way. Um, can you put up that picture of him in the hospital bed? This is my nephew, Judah. This is the day that he was born. It's my brother's son. He had a hole in his heart. He had a hole in his lung. He had some stuff going on. We kind of knew about it ahead of time. But, you know, once he was born and you see him hooked up to all the stuff, it's one of those moments when your world rattles, right? It's one of those times you're like, God, what is happening? You know, my brother, and because here's the deal. It's going to rain on you regardless if you don't serve the Lord or if you serve the Lord. It's going to rain on both parts. My brother called me one night from the hospital. And I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing all right. I said, what do you need? He said, I just need you to pray with me right now. What is that? It's the firm foundation. Right? It's what you build your life on. And so I got on the, me and Ben were on the phone. And I just walked in my neighborhood for like a half an hour. And me and him just prayed and prayed and prayed and we spoke life and we spoke the promises of God and we spoke that he would live and he wouldn't die and we just prayed and we stood on God's word the foundation show that next picture look at that sweet boy come on give it up for God isn't he just so so good I love his little face so much. And I remember that night we were praying. I just told Ben, the Lord just spoke to my heart and I just prophesied. I said, Judah has a call, a destiny, and I can see it all over him. You can just see it. That boy is going to lead people to Jesus someday. Amen. Let me show that next picture. This is him and his wonderful family. You want to know the craziest part about this whole story is 
Peyton's on the right, Kenley's in the middle, right before Judah, right before Judah. They were pregnant, they were having, they were having a little girl. And right, right at month seven, they lost her. And I remember, I remember we were on the phone before they got pregnant with Judah. And I said to Ben, I said, I said, how do you feel? He said, you know what? I'm not angry at God. He said, I trust God. I trust his word. I trust his promises. You can build your life on sand. Or you can build your life on the word and trust the Lord. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.